0: Uh <laughs> I mean kind of it's like a healthcare thing.
1: Oh okay.
0: So yeah, so I work in healthcare. I'm a, I've been a nursing assistant during the pandemic and today I walked in on like just patients covered in urine and feces mm-hmm. and um it was very cold in their room so they were like shivering and it wasn't like like one or two people that sometimes that might happen cuz you know they older people are, you know in nursing homes are forgetful. Yeah. No, but this is like the entire section was like this covered in urine people were like I, I walked into a lot of things where I was almost in tears of how terribly covered in and I'm a very uh, hard-working nursing assistant so I started I started getting to showering and washing all these people and making uh-huh. sure they were okay and reporting it to the nurse and then I found out that it was like the nursing assistant before just completely neglected her job like right completely. So I, being so emotional, went straight to like the head of the department. I was like, I am writing a formal complaint against this employee mm-hmm. and, and we need to, and you know, it's hilarious too, cause like, uh, I'm Dominican, right? So, but I didn't go in there. It was cool. I was like, yo, this woman, right? She let these people. Yeah. So, I'm telling you the story now that I've come up from this high, but I was like, you know, and my supervisor, she's Puerto Rican. So she's like, all right, relax, relax. I, I got it, I
1: got <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's how we are. Right? Hispanics. We're yeah. just very passionate about when we're trying to like get people to understand where we're coming from <laughs> and then like
0: they were like can you write out the incident report right so i'm writing out my own handwriting i was like and i walked into this patient's room and the temperature was like below 40 degrees and they were freezing <laughs> and then and then like so then like i wrote out this letter right like hours later i had to go speak this mediator who's like a white guy and he's like a lawyer right so he was like you see right here mr Dal-? my legal name is like dalmao my last name uh-huh. he's like uh, mr dalmao you see right here this is a little bit of hyperbole. And I'm like, oh yeah, I was writing in Dominican mode. My bad. I said that to him. I was writing in Dominican mode. My bad. I didn't mean to do My that. My bad. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, will you be willing to write another statement? I had to write it more like, I came into the room and it was, it was cold. You know, I had to be very like, simple like bland right legalese words you know
1: that's funny where people would understand exactly yeah that's horrible though
0: it it is but then like you know what's you know what sucks about being the good person Mm -hmm. is that everybody gets mad at you for it because then it became a whole thing where it's like oh man now we gotta get the state involved now we gotta like report everybody and then like Yo, it was so funny. I felt like, seriously, like it was almost like a bad sitcom. Uh-huh. Yeah, they were like, oh, you got to call every patient who would neglect this family. And she's like, why the fuck do we got to do this? And you're like, that's Rob event over here. As
1: we thank him, he's not that's invited Alvante. to the Christmas party.
0: Yeah, it started to feel like, like, like eyes on me. Like, why didn't you just speak to the woman? I mean, you know, you start to think about it later on. Like, maybe I could have found the individual and be like, listen, this happened last night. You might have been overworked, but I went straight for it for guns a-blazing?
1: Well, I mean, I don't know, because you do find a lot of neglect in places like that sometimes, you know? Like, people don't really... I don't know, I probably would have reported it too. And then I probably would have regretted it after because yeah. everybody would have hated me <laughs> for it. But um, yeah, like it's just just picturing that it's just really, really bad. My mom yeah. did, um, my mom, well actually, cause like I was born in Mexico. I was born in Mexico and I came here when I was like 10 years old. And my mom was a doctor in Mexico and she came here, but you know, the whole immigrant yeah. story. She couldn't really, yeah. like, work as a doctor anymore. <clears throat> so some of the things that she would do for work was she would be, like, um, home care provider for the elderly or, you know, patients that needed the extra help or whatnot. Uh, but I think because she worked in a hospital, and that was, like, her passion. I think that's, like, what she, till this day, is, like, I knew from the time I was six years old that I wanted to be a doctor and not being able to, like, do that here in the States was like devastating to her. So in these little jobs that she had, she would pour her heart out, you know, and like her patients were always well taken care of and like they all fell in love with her, like all the families. Um, so then I hear that and I'm like, well, yeah, like, you know, no, it's it's not an excuse, whatever's going on. If she was overworked or overwhelmed, which happens, it does happen, she could ask for help or said, hey, you know, I need a break or whatnot.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's, you know, this pandemic has really spread uh, our resources thin. So, you know, like I'm, I'm really, I'm overworked every day. You know, so, that's why my girlfriend's like, you gotta stop making TikToks at work. I'm like, I make TikToks at work because it helps me survive. Right. <laughs> I will
1: step away <laughs> <laughs> because that's how i'm saying a woman you know that's that's actually how i came across well i came across your TikTok account a friend of mine was like she sent me something which a funny little side note she always sends me anything related to like hispanics or mexican videos or like immigration issues and she's like Am I that white friend? Please tell oh. me, you know, cause she's half white and she's like, please tell me, I don't mean anything by it. And I'm like, no, 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 they're totally okay. So yeah. she sent me one of your videos and I thought was hilarious and I'm laughing. And then she said, you should get him on your podcast. Cause I just started this. So really? I was like, I wonder if he would, you know, cause I like, just from what what I follow and what I've seen, you're busy, you know, and you're doing stand up comedy and you're doing gigs and here, you know, all this stuff. So I thought, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. And I was, it was, it was really, really nice that you like totally replied back and were like, oh yeah, sure. I thought, well, that was yeah. easy. That was easy. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: just gotta ask, obviously. right? Like, like, yeah, Really, I'm like, I'm like completely flattered. You know, like I've been getting people who've asked me to do projects that like that understand me. And that's what felt great about like, you know, you asking me and I had um, another great Latinx podcaster, Sandra Camacho, uh, the Prickly Podcast. I'm going to, I'm going to, Prickly Topics Podcast. <laughs> check, it out, check it out, check it out. We got a couple other Latinx, the Prickly Topics Podcast. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, she was very like kind to like mm-hmm. be like, look, this is what I like about your art. And that's what's been like the most amazing thing about TikTok has been finding at least some kind of community that understands where I'm coming from. It was very, very lonely in the white world, (laughs) trying to make it in the white market, in the white world. And it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was heartbreak. So in the Latinx community, like, you know, people like yourself, you know, to to ask me to do things I'm like yo yeah but I put on my phone like I uh I I did it on my notes and I put work with more Latinx people and then I took a picture of it and I made it my screensaver Uh so every time I open my phone I just remind myself like work with more Latinx people that's so
1: cool and you know what it's so it's so funny that you say that because like I wanted this space because I just like I just like meeting new people and I always like hearing like about their background, just, you know, just kind of tell me who they are and, and how they came, how it is that they landed in this moment in their life. That's basically what it is, just conversations, right? But I have all kinds of people on here that have been super nice to like give me their time and, you know, talk with me or whatever. But every time that I have talked to like another, you know, Latinx person or like, I get such a sense of pride And, you know, seeing like there's hearing about their successes or, you know, them telling me about projects that they're working on. I know that I'm not really a part of it. Like I'm not really doing anything for them to get them there. But just (laughs) hearing about it gets me really excited, you know, and it's like I share in their joy. So I think the more that I that I do this, I am slowly focusing more on people that I can relate to people that I yeah. you know that I see them and I see I see myself I see my story in them so you know when I came across your account I was like first of all you're funny you're funny as hell I, yeah. and you know yeah. and what really caught my attention was like you're literally journaling being undocumented in this country yeah. right and like the struggles and how it's not the straight line that so many people say oh oh why don't you do it the right way you know, and I'm like, hmm, let me list the ways. Yeah. <laughs> right.
0: That, is, that becomes like the most interesting part about when I put up a TikTok that, that has the conversation of like, it's not that easy. And people share their stories of like, yo, like I had to pay $20,000, 10 years, still nothing. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, so you start to see these different little stories, the hellhole of the immigration system is that every single individual has a different system they're going through. Yeah. It is it is a different reason why you're getting going to get a no. It's mm-hmm. a different reason why you're it's it's maddening. What comes like so like refreshing is to be able to talk to other like undocumented people who've gone through this and be like, you know, and then, you know, like I I was speaking to somebody and they told me a story about how one side of their family was able, able to get papers, but their family were not. And I'm just like, yeah, that's exactly what happened in my family. Like, you know, my grandma was still married to some other dude and he had papers. So my aunt got her papers and she became like, I always call them the Trump, the Spanish Trumps. Like, <laughs> they don't vote Republican, but they they think Republican. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I think we all
1: have some of those in our families. We all do. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, love, I love that. But they Trump. And they're like, we, me, my, my mom, my sister, we stayed the undocumented people going through that. So like. You know, my cousins who we were all undocumented at the same time, they've already been like 15 years out of it. And they're like, come on, man, we went to college. Like, why didn't you do it? And I'm like, man, I just got enough paperwork to go to college now. Like, leave me alone.
1: Yeah, it's a lot of pressure. We actually came here undocumented as well. My So it's four of us. Um, and so myself, I'm the oldest of the four. So it's myself and the one after me we came here undocumented. My mom's the only one that had papers. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, we eventually did get citizenship, but I was so young. Like, I don't really, you know, remember like the process that she got had to go through. But what I do remember, even though I didn't understand what was happening, I remember the fear all the time of like, When you go someplace, you don't just really have the freedom to like talk about certain things or, you know, like, I don't know. It was it was like I purposely make myself not forget that because I never want to lose that compassion and understanding for people who are going through that right now. You know, because I have a lot of friends that came to the States, got their paper, you know, their papers, and all of a sudden they forget what it was like. And then they Mm -hmm. become they become like you said, those that think like Republicans and vote for Republicans and voted for Trump and are willing to vote for him again. And I'm like, I just cannot, like, I cannot wrap my head around that. You know, where we grew up, the way we grew up, the community that we come from, how do you even, you know, like, it's very hard, but I purposely try not to forget about that experience because it's like... Even though I I do have opportunities now that I didn't have when we first came, there's thousands, thousands of people that provide and like they pour into our economy, right? Because they pay taxes, which a misunderstanding, a lot of people don't think that undocumented people pay taxes and the majority of them do. So our economy thrives because of them. Um, And I'm like, we cannot forget about them. We cannot, because at some point we all were there.
0: Yeah, it's also, like, our our consumer ability, too. Like, they try to act like we're just these people who just go to work and go home. Like, no, like, yo, my sister, like undocumented like she was like listen i live in this little town i'm gonna enjoy this little town. she'd be at the bowling alley yeah you know (laughs) at the movie theater she'd just be everywhere like Mm -hmm. so that's also consumerism yeah she's helping out the economy my sister started her own cleaning business she hired five other undocumented people they were all cleaning houses like so it becomes that sort of economic engine that they are that they don't get credit for Like exactly I remember I, I lived, my mom took me to Aurora, Illinois, one of the most racist places, racist places. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it, it's famous for like Wayne's World was filmed there. And I don't give a damn when I moved there. I still don't give a damn today. But, oh, I'll never forget it either. Cause I moved from New York city. I'm shitting on this little town right now. I moved from New York city to Aurora, Illinois. I remember when I drove into that city, my mom drove me there. Cause it was after 9-11. She said, we gotta of go New York city. Things are hot. I remember it, say, it said, city of lights. And it had one strip that was three casinos, and I was like, "This is some bullshit life." <laughs> I just came from New York City. We're not even that. Cocky. Lights we're like, everywhere. Apple. Yeah.
1: You know, we got the big
0: apple. You know what's here? You know, <laughs> we're not city of lights with one strip. Go about a mierda. So, it was like it was one. It's like one of these. I moved there in two thousand and one. Yeah, it was like two thousand and one, like November. It was in America that was like a dying city, right? Like. It was just a lot of mad, angry white people who were just like, man, why are these Mexicans moving to my neighborhood, man? Fuck it. Right. So I was there at that point and then things got bad for me. So I left to go back to New York. Right. Mm -hmm. I went back like four years ago. Right. I hadn't been there maybe like in 15 years. I went back like four years ago. Yo, and that town is Mexican-owned. Every place that I went that had a racist business owner, it's a Mexican restaurant. It's a Mexican car wash. It's a Mexican taqueria. It's a Mexican restaurant. I mean, I'm a supermarket. I'm just like, yo, what the fuck? Why wasn't I living here like now? Like, this town is popping. Yo, that's dying city, literally the Mexican community was like, nah, man, it's our city now. That's what, that's what they hate. They hate that. That you know Mexican people and Latinx people, uh-huh. and, you know, all these people from like Honduras and you know everywhere can come here and actually be like economic freaking force, create their own thing, and we don't need them. Yeah, you know, we don't need them.
1: And and this goes back to what we were just saying, empowering each other. That's another reason why I'm like, I gotta empower my people. I'm all I'm all for everybody succeeding. Don't get me wrong. Like if you're doing what you love and you know go for it, I'm cheering you on. But I gotta uplift my people. <laughs> I'm sorry.
0: No, it's, well, it's good. And it's also good for us, people like us, to get out there because, you know, uh, what's, what was, um, it was mind-numbing. It was just, it was just I, couldn't get, I couldn't escape it. When, when I did comedy, you know, I'm still doing stand-up comedy now, but when I started stand-up comedy, you know, um, it was in New York City, you know, and I didn't realize how much of a white-dominated, you know, white supremacy feel that is. Literally the only Latinx people who were coming up and no offense to any Latinx person out there. I'm only saying this out of what, you know, what- What, what you saw. Did. Yeah, it was the, the Latinx dude who was everything a white person thought a Latinx dude should be. You know what I mean? Saying, you no, no, know, I am not bled too much. I say this word instead of this word. Uh-huh. And sometimes I make mistakes and it's funny for the white people. And yo, I'll never forget this because I'm very political, right? Because I did a, uh, a show in the hood in Brooklyn, right? And I was being very political. I was doing my jokes and black and Latino people were laughing. And afterwards, the host of the show, who I th- it was a black dude who was like, almost like a thug, and I didn't think he, he liked me very much. He comes up to me and he goes, you're very funny. And what you're doing is going to take you a very long time to get success. But I like what you're doing. Mm. And I was like, why'd you curse me like that, man? Why'd yeah. you put that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Because, because, you know, like, I, I didn't fit that narrow box that the comedy world was looking for. I'm not the smartest dude in the room, but I have ideas,
1: you yeah. know, and I have
0: opinions. And that's not a good thing to have in a comedy world, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I went from being the funny Latino guy who was all, you know, happy-go-lucky to, dude, why are you always bringing that up? Why well, you
1: got to go there?
0: Why well, got to call us out on our racism? Why can't you let our <laughs> racism be fun? Well, I got to make it real, but then like what was great about TikTok and me being able to do just what I wanted to do and just being like, let's see what happens is that I get to meet people like you who are mm-hmm. like not the stereotypical you meet on TV, but people who should be on, you know, yeah. and it doesn't have to be this one narrow idea of what white people think we are. It's so liberating and, and doing comedy for other undocumented kids and and seeing them just for a second have respect for me is everything in the world. When they're like, "Wait a minute! You've been doing this since you were 18, undocumented, talking about this stuff," and I was like, "Oh, not a, not right away, but like, yeah, I got there." You know <laughs> but I, I got mean? there. Like, you know, I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm not gonna make a mythology that's not real. You know yeah, I mean? stuff, yeah, like, yeah. Jokes. I was like, I was born in Queens. I wasn't fucking born in Queens. I was born in GR. <laughs> but I want white people to know that shit in the audience.
1: Yeah, no, you're right. Like, I, I love that. There's a platform for that, and I, there's a platform. The stuff that you own, like you you say whatever you want to say. You know, for instance, with me, Mexican woman, and then I'm in my 40s. So it's like.
0: I wouldn't have thought that, by the way. Legit. Yeah,
1: I, I just like, turned 42. I was,
0: like, I was like, is this your college thesis that you're to do? Like, <laughs> interviewing? Latinx, people. I want to know how Latinx
1: people do Representation matters. Let me let me yeah. tell you how. No, no, I just turned forty-two a, a couple wow. of weeks ago.
0: Congrats!
1: <laughs> Thank you. But that's something else that I'm fighting. That it's like I'm in my forties and I got five kids, and um, I can still do this. You know what I mean? So, so, and that's why I like um, other other Latinx creators, artists, whatever. It's like we're breaking the stereotype. And we are giving people what we, we have, we have so much to offer. I want to get to that. Actually, how is it that you decided, how did you even say, I'm going to get on here and I'm going to start talking about being undocumented? Like, did you just decide and then it happened? Or did you go through a process of like, oh, I want to do this, but I don't know if it's safe.
0: Well, actually it started in, uh, in, in, in the real world you know where i had something happen to me that uh was very racist and kind of like traumatic and it really opened up my eyes and i saw the sign and then i was like uh no it really it was it was very much like every these these white dudes who i thought were my friends really uh really used my image in a very horrible way and very very nasty and i always credit a lot of my um change in my thinking to my partner she's a i say this very much like she's a white woman and i say this for a reason is because i grew up undocumented and very scared of like telling people who i really was start dating a white feminist like uh, you know pagan worshiper it was like <laughs> who are you and i wanted to like hang out with you all the time and i love you <laughs> and she was starting she started putting me on to malcolm X and she was like you got to read these radicals man the communist manifesto you got to do this and i was just like homework got it Boom. And then after this racist thing happened to me, this change was going on. And my partner was the one's like, look, you talk about Uber, you talk about having sex. You tell me these great stories about growing up undocumented and your mom freaking you out with it and, and this time that this happened and this thing. And I'm like, Yeah, I mean, but I tell you those stories like, you know, cause like I want you to know who I am. But who you are is fucking interesting. Like who mm-hmm. you are on stage is shit. And I was like, yeah. Ouch. I've been doing it for <laughs> ten years, but
1: out. I've been working on my craft. Thanks. <laughs>
0: But she was like, "No, with all due respect, babe, you gotta be this interesting individual." And it really hurt my it really hurt my career. It absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely, because I was still going through the immigration situation, mm-hmm. and this was twenty seventeen, so Trump was already in power. And I found yeah. out that a lot of comedy club owners actually voted for Trump. So come on, Trump Trump voters who are like. There's a kid on stage talking about being undocumented. There's Trump supporters yelling at me in the audience. Yeah. You know, the manager always took the side of the the drunk white guy than me. So, you know, then the pandemic hit and I started making TikToks and I started doing um, just regular, like, BS, like, girls be like this and... And, you know, this bit. But then it's something that I started to realize is a lot of women would comment like, hey, man, that's really stupid. And it made me realize like, oh, man, I have a lot of misogyny in me that this is not cool. One of the things I love about TikTok that people get mad at, like, I love when people call me out because I'm like, okay, tell me more. Yeah. Because like, I'm very much like, okay, what did I do wrong? Like, what was wrong about? I, I grew up in the hood. You know, I basically raised myself. Nobody actually ever like told me, hey, you know, yeah, I'm a dude. So nobody really goes up to dudes and be like, hey, you know, that thing you said is actually dumb and it's not accurate and you should actually fix this. Right. You know, but people on TikTok are very, very free to tell you what they think about you. And I liked it, I like people being like, that's very, massage. that's dumb. And I was like, okay, yes, I see that. Things on my feed that was like, you know, uh, you know feminist things and, and I'm like, yo, I really wanna like, I really just wanna like learn, not be like, you know, hey, I'm, I'm an advocate, but I just wanna learn what the hell's wrong with me. So I watched a lot of stuff and then I started to realize like, I'm not gonna do jokes about that because I'm not very smart on that topic. I'm not going to talk on relationships because I don't really know. I'm still figuring out my own relationships. So what the uh-huh. hell am I going to talk about? And then I did a, I did like one TikTok about like when you're undocumented, but you can't go to college. And it got like 10,000 views. And then I was like, okay. And I did more girlfriends. And I was like, okay, let's stop this. You're not good at it. Remember, you said you're not good at it. <laughs> but I was like, but that undocumented one did pretty good. Like do another one. And then I did another one. And that's when I realized I was like, wait a minute. I've been in that. I mean, I've been going through this for 28 years. Like mm-hmm. since I was like six, I'm 33 now. I'm still into it, you know, almost 30 years. You know, so I was like, that is the thing you know the most is the bullshit system and the way they mistreat you and the fear taxes they rob from you and this. This is the firsthand experience. So now all you got to do is read books and get educated as to why this happened to you and what are the laws behind it and what's mm-hmm. the white supremacy behind it. So then, you know, it's been great that every time I think the one thing I like about like seeing people like like my TikToks from a year ago is that it's like, oh, wait till you get to my new stuff. I'm way more developed and uh, smart. You know what I mean?
1: Now I now I really know what I'm talking about.
0: I'm still still getting corrected a lot, which I like.
1: Yeah, I know. TikTok is such a. Scary place to me because I I love it like I love it like I said I love that people go on there and you do learn so much me just scrolling by like I you know I follow a lot of like indigenous creators so I learned quite a bit uh, from here? them. Yeah. (laughs) I love the way colonizer. I know I hate colonizer. Yeah. You know, I learned a lot of that. I learned, you know, random hacks about the house. And like, it really is educational. And that was, there was a lot of pushback in me about it before because my mentality was like, it's just people doing stupid dances. And like, you know, do I really, I already follow all these other platforms. Do I really want to waste more time on this? But you know, one of my sisters was like, no, no, I know you think it's stupid, but there's so much more to it. Like, you know, you can search it and you learn so much. So yeah, that's kind of like what I do. I go and I scroll a lot more now. Uh, Yeah, so like I said, I, I see your stuff and I'm like, man, this is important. This matters, you know, like the stuff that you share representation. There's so many young kids that I'm sure come across your account and they're in the same situation and they don't think that they maybe they have dreams and ideas, but that they don't think that they could make it out because they're missing because they're undocumented. You know what I mean? Like they can't do better and bigger than what whatever it is that they see around them. So. Yeah, you putting yourself out like that is inspiring people. You know, I think anyway.
0: No, thanks. I mean that really that means a lot because like I, one thing that I've become very aware of doing these things is uh, it's privilege. You know, it's I'm not I'm not your typical looking undocumented person. You know what I mean? Like again, I'm <laughs> a I consider it, I'm a cis male. You know what I mean? That's, that's uh-huh. a privilege in itself. You know, and I'm light skinned. You know, and so many privileges that I have and that's the thing where people are like how did you start and I'm just like honestly I was too stupid to know what was up like, what I was up against you know mm-hmm. and I hit pretty well you know I knew you know where not to talk about and not to touch and you know nobody even better than I look looking my way you know what I mean but yeah. we go to a restaurant and you know these white comedians would be like look at the dishwasher you know what I mean and I'm just like Hey man, look at me. You know what I mean. I, yeah. the why I'm not back there is because I can sling a few dick jokes. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sitting here because you think I'm funny, man. But they're probably more funnier than you. I bet your ass they are.
1: Super super quick. I want to get to something because I was I, like I said I was listening to your little temporary um, summit because I thought it was like an album, like a song song album at first, and then I was like, oh my gosh, he's a singer too. What? <laughs> he does no, it that's all. <laughs>
0: Like, hold uh, no Lord, I'm going to kill your mom. I'm like, I love you.
1: I love all you. Right. I'm sorry. I did my best. Yeah, no. So I was like, oh, it's like a compilation of a bunch of stories, like, you know, like of his life, sort of, right? Because it's all first experience.
0: Actually, I, um, so I'm actually, I'm actually working on a one person show now. Like, I want to put a whole, the whole undocumented life and just how, you know, how chaotic it was for me and the things I had to do to survive. But that. Stand-up show was a culmination of, like, I'm just so pissed off at white people and the way they just mistreated me that I want to put it all all my, you know, this is how I've been mistreated. This is my hood stuff. This is my being, you know, because a lot of it is, like, you know, race and things mm-hmm. like that. And it kind of, unbeknownst to me, played like a one-person show. It plays like a one long yeah. story.
1: Uh-huh.
0: You know, where you can, like, see my journey. I finished finish on a very dumb joke, but... You know, I had nothing better at the time, so I was like, this is the ending. <laughs> you know, one dick joke at the end.
1: I know. <laughs> yeah, I think I read. I think I read. Well, like the beginning, which is like your escape story. What you called your yeah. escape story? That was hilarious, hilarious. But it's like I don't know. It's funny to me, but I'm like in that moment, I wonder how scared he really was, or were you just too young that you just didn't.
0: No, that's actually like the thing that like i the one person show is kind of dealing with and hey, Maybe I talk to you, you know, it, it kind of. My thing was even as a very little kid, I've always wanted to be a star. That's why like my family is like, you're undocumented. What are you doing? I'm just like, I I want to be a star. Let me shine. I used, to I, used to be, I used to have a joke that people would be like, hey, you know, Che, if you want to if you get reincarnated, what do you want to come back as? And I was like, I want to come back as a little Jewish white girl that lives in the Upper West Side. And he goes, people be like, why? I'm like, because they always got to be in mad plays. You know? Like Lady Gaga, that's <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I just want to be a little white girl. Be like, tomorrow,
1: tomorrow, I love you.
0: That's what I want to be. That's, my, that's what I, I want to uh-huh. be. So my whole life, I just had this, I just want to be a star. Mm-hmm. You know, so when literally, the, the, I know in the joke, I say it's <laughs> my mother, but in reality, it was actually my grandmother. My mom was already in America. Oh, and they, okay. You know, everything out and my grandma was the person who was going through all this and but like the story the joke just works a lot funny because i had my mother and some other jokes so i just kept her in that story. yeah but it was really my grandma who was like yo can you act and i was like see mommy see i can act like sinbad you know i can i can be like sinbad <laughs> and and yo she was like okay meet up. I'm all Do <laughs> And my grandma was like, Yeah, I, the kid's dad touches them and I was just like, touches. And I really thought it meant like he just touches me and I was like, uh-huh. Yeah man, he touches me all day, brother. You know, saying, no, no, on. Yeah, on you. and no and go everybody in that TSA just started looking at me like, yo, why is this kid yelling so loud about being molested? About <laughs> yeah. So and the guy, yo, no lie, the guy did not let us go that easily. The guy went, Tabi Mira, give me fifty dollars. Mm-hmm. And you guys can go. And my 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 grandma was like, I mean, here's fifty U.S. dollars. It wasn't even like he was so kind. Yeah. He was like, whoa,
1: these children go. are getting molested. They need to went, be no, saved.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so he was like, I still gotta get paid though, you know? DRTSA, you know what I mean?
1: That's funny.
0: Like, up up. I <laughs> so that's just me. I've just always wanted to be a star. I used to, as a kid in seventh grade, I used to keep a calendar, and on the calendar, I would cross out every day that I made the entire class laugh. I did it for two months straight. My report cards in high school used to say, he's funny, but he just talks too much. And I'm like, but you already said I was funny, though. You messed Mission up. Mission accompl- accomplished. Yeah. accomplished. <laughs> I used to get the best compliments for teachers. They were like, damn, dude, you know, you know when to joke around and you know right when to stop. Other people keep going too far. And I'm like, I appreciate that. I'm glad you noticed the craftsmanship. Right. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> That's how it was. And people go like, how did you do I'm like, I, I wanted to be nothing but a star. Mm-hmm. But it's crazy for an undocumented person who you can't even go to college. And you want to be a star? I'm like, yeah, I'm charismatic. I'm witty. I got it at all. I just need to be trained. That's all I got to do. Is got to be trained. That's it. Yeah. Nobody wants to train me. I'm a, I'm a mutt out here. Nobody uh, wants to
1: train. <laughs> So you basically, you start out like stand up comedy this way like you up by yourself you did your research yeah. you started looking for opportunities no manager no nothing
0: nothing i was i was having a conversation with a girlfriend one night and somehow you know i was telling her like yo i feel like i don't have a future cuz i went to school in the hood but um i was very smart mm-hmm. so i went to school with like smart kids who were going to make it out of the hood and i'm like i want to be a i want to be a smart kid that makes it out of the hood <laughs> and, and i remember she was laughing and she's like you're so funny like you should you should try doing something funny and then I told her, I was like, you know, I used to, I used to stay up late Friday nights watching Comedy Central Presents. Like, I used to love those stand-up specials. It was the world to me. I used to, like, I used to love, I actually messed up so many of our family, like, videotapes of, like, Mulan, because, like, you could just put the tape on it and then record whatever you want. So I'd just be recording, like, Bill Burr and just, like, Louis C.K., all these problematic white men today. <laughs> <Just> white. <laughs> like, like they'll never hurt anybody. You know, I know. They're
1: just funny guys. Right.
0: Totally. <laughs> <laughs> so funny guys, especially my dad anyway so, <laughs> so you know when when she was like you could do something funny I was like you know I've always wanted to be a comedian I just like I had a like again I had like a crazy childhood so when I was 18 like I graduated high school with good grades and I told my mom we were living in Aurora at the time it was a lot of back and forth I told her I was like thank you for um for nothing you really didn't raise me mm-hmm. uh, I am leaving and my mom was like you're undocumented you're crazy like I'm like I, I got it planned out. I, yeah. didn't even, I, I actually did have a plan. I wasn't just crazy. Like uh-huh. there's a lot of like craziness, uh, a lot of like trickery that I had to do to like get my job. And um, I was working at a Toys R Us. You want to hear the story? I, I do want to hear. Of
1: course I want to hear the story.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so my mom was like, my mom was like, you know, your paper, because I had like work permit that was going to about to expire like mm-hmm. in the summer. And it was like, I, like I turned 18 in April of my senior year. So like, you know, I was, I was almost finishing high school, but like, so by the time I was leaving Aurora because I hated it there, my mom was selling drugs and I was just like, I don't wanna be in this house, like mm-hmm. this is chaotic, like I fucking hate this. And my mom was like, This is how we survive. I'm like, This is how you survive. Sorry. And she was like very mad at me that I was like, No, I wasn't resenting her, I was just telling like this is crazy. Like yeah. you know, just get a, get a get a job. But I didn't understand that like my mom wanted status, not just a job. She was like, an egomaniac. So <laughs> so I was she was like, Listen, like, you know, you you know, she got me some fake papers, you know, I had a real driver's license because Illinois didn't check papers that much back then. Mm -hmm. But all my other paperwork was about to expire, so I had it, was a driver's license, right? (laughs) So I was working at this Toys R Us in Aurora, Illinois, right? And I'm thinking like, damn, in a few months I'm about to graduate, but I'm about to be undocumented again. So when I get to New York City, it's gonna be hard for me to find a job undocumented. I don't wanna use fake papers. So I'm thinking about this over lunch one day at my Toys R Us job and I think to myself, wait a minute, there used to be a Toys R Us that I used to go to in New York City, Queens, where I was where I was thinking about moving back to and be with my girlfriend and just leave this crazy family, because I don't care if I'm undocumented, I just want to get away from this crazy family. There's a Toys R Us over there. I used to go as a kid all the time. I used to love going there. What if I get this Toys R Us to, to transfer you? There? Yeah. <laughs> That's done. It. Yeah. And they're paying $8.25. and minimum wage back then was 5 something. So I was like, I'm making money, baby. Yeah. <laughs> 2006. This is money. So that's what I do. I was like, okay, I'm going to get my manager here to call the Toys R Us in Metropolitan. I actually, I found the number and I was like, this. I got him everything. I didn't want the guy to do too much work. I was like, here's the number. You know, here's who we got to call. You know, so I was like, hey man, you know, like I'm thinking about going to New York City after I graduate from high school. And I would like to know if you maybe would call this Metropolitan Toys R Us and ask them if they would transfer me. And he goes, nah man, you know, I don't really feel like doing that. You know what I mean? Like why don't you just, when you get there, like just go and apply for a job. It just, I'm used to work at a Toys R Us. We don't really do transfers here. And I was like, my head is like, motherfucker, because I'm gonna be undocumented. I right. can do that. They're gonna transfer me. So when I get there, I have a job where I'm still legal. Get where with the program. Get with the program. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so this, this is this is this is again where like i'm just such a the- theatrical kid i tell them this i remember that in the like in the electronics department where they sell like the nintendo 64 um, it might have been like gamecube at the time or whatever and like ps2 they grilled you about selling insurance plans they were like look it's $20, it protects against breakage, water leaks, you know, you gotta push, the. There's, there's a bigger insurance plan, it's $50, you gotta push the insurance plan. But, you know, and he's like, if you do, you get a bonus, you get like gift cards, but you gotta push the insurance plan. And people, people sold or whatever, mm-hmm. but I remember thinking like, yo, these guys are all about the insurance plan, so I looked at my manager and I go, hey man, how about if we make a proposition? He goes, I'm listening. I go, you know, you guys really pride yourselves on these insurance plans, how about, If in the next three months, which is by the time I have to leave, I can sell a ridiculous amount of insurance plans, Uh you will call the Metropolitan Toys R Us and tell them that you got this amazing insurance selling person that they'd be crazy not to have. And the reason why I need this is because my mom won't let me move unless she's sure that I have a job, you know, if that was Mm. was a little stinking up. So how about that, man? <clears throat> My mom feels good about me going. You know, I have a job. My manager has transferred me. And I'll sell you your ridiculous amounts of insurance. And he goes, all right. Shake <laughs> on it. Right? I was like, fine. Yo, for the next three months, I sold those insurance plans like you wouldn't buy Your life
1: depended on it. <laughs>
0: my life depended on <laughs> yeah. it. So I'm like, I'm like, yo, I'm like, ma'am, you know, uh, would you like to buy the insurance plan? And women would be like, Nah, nah, I don't want to get up. Like, ma'am, are you not buying this for a kid? Yeah? Kids don't appreciate how hard you work for your money. This is a $200 piece of machine that's going to break in two seconds. For an extra $20, you'll make sure that it gets replaced and it gets taken care of here at Toys R Us. This is a, this is a Chinese piece. I know it's Japanese, but, you know, they're white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chinese, You can't trust the Chinese. This is an American company who's going to protect your system. Toys R Us, here forever. They were like, you know what? This is an American company. I want to buy American insurance. You know, they'll buy that. Yo. The first month I sold, don't lie, I sold like maybe 30. Uh Uh-huh. The next month I sold 50. The last month I sold over 100. The next best next next to me was eight. (laughs) Wow. So he had to do it. He was like, yo, he called that Metropolitan Toys R Us like he was like I was a, like I was a goddamn rookie baseball player and he's trying to like pitch me to the major leagues. He was like, I got this kid over here in Aurora. He wants to take his talent to New York City. And I was, it was like, we'll take him. How many did he sell? 200. Are you kidding me? I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll transfer the paper today. Yo, they transfer the paper. And what was crazy, too that I, I always like, I never think about the things that are happening outside of just how hyper focused I am. Uh-huh. I was at Toys R Us every weekend, every day after school because I just wanted to sell, 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 sell. Then I didn't realize that you get paid overtime and shit like that. <laughs> <So> I, <laughs> that was a bonus. I didn't <laughs> So I left with like $3,000 in my pocket, right? papers, you know, I have a driver's license and I'm going to New York City with a job. I'm like, I think I was thinking, I think I'm actually doing better than my parents did at my age, actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so I left the house at 18. I'm, I've always been grandiose. I, I, I've loved movies my whole life. Mm-hmm. And like, when I was just sad or alone, I just watch a movie and mm-hmm. I just love these things. And I'm like, I'm going to make that scene happen for myself.
1: Yeah, I'm the
0: best scene in the world. I'm going to I'm going to take somebody in Niagara Farm and propose to them because I saw them in a movie and I want to do it. I've always been like that. You know? That's
1: uh, so crazy. I mean, know. survival.
0: But also, like thinking back, and I was like, man, kid, you were cunning. Like, that is some work ethic. Cunning mm-hmm. shit. How do I avoid using these fake papers? What can I do like to maneuver in this system? I, I didn't give myself enough credit. Yeah. Thinking about like you know putting this one person show together and like what kind of things happened to me, I'm like, whoa! I am the person who's like gotten us out of things because I've been so like dramatic and made people laugh. They're like, ah, silly kid! Come on, keep him. Moving. Sure,
1: <laughs> yeah, <You laughs> bring know. him on. Put him on stage. Yeah. That's, that's a crazy story. But, I mean, it does show, I, I don't think anybody would do that. I don't think anybody would be thinking, you know, a lot of times we doubt ourselves, especially like in a situation like that where you're like, that's it. This is this is where I'm stuck and, you know, I'm not going to have papers. And now I just kind of go into a hole and crawl in there and stay. It takes a special person, you know, to just be like, nope, I'm going to get out of this and I'm going to sell uh, Toys R Us insurance. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah, so I approve my transfer to yeah, New Yeah, if it's the last thing
1: I do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's yeah. crazy. So that's how this came about. Then all these, because yeah, yeah I, I listened to the first few ones when you called in. I was I was in the middle of it. I think I was listening to the one thing. I think it was. It's called the condoms. I, I think probably, it's oh, called was
0: it The last
1: one <laughs> it, was, it was Well it's in the beginning On the playlist I don't know
0: but, uh, Which people play the most I think if you like If you actually click on the album Then it'll give you like The whole order Which Oh okay. You're,
1: okay Okay
0: you're here, like, It's in its order Yeah
1: Are you gonna like Do something like that Is that what you're trying to do again Or What do you no, have planned right now
0: Um I've always grown up Loving like um, John Leguizamo's Freak Um mm-hmm. I think that one's great I'm not a big fan of sexaholics Not but I'm an adult I'm like that's very Misogynistic that, But okay Um <laughs> You know, so I think the freak, you know, yeah. the good one. <laughs> uh, you know, and then, like, I've just been, um, I've been obsessed with, so stand-up and, like, one-man shows, like, you know, they're, they're kind of, they're the same but different. Stand-up it's a lot of more set of punchline, set of punchline. With this one-person show, I'm trying to get a lot more serious. A lot of laugh, a lot of props. There's you know, but it's just me on stage. I want to create characters, so it's gonna be a lot of a lot more theatrical. The point of it is to put it up on on a like a theater stage. I'm super boom. I'm seeing Broadway. You know what I mean? I yeah. So you know, so I'm putting that together right now. I have an amazing uh, director their name is uh, Alyssa Dukey. They're awesome. They they were the one that actually inspired me like, you know, you should you should do a one-person show. That that's something that I think would uh give you like a uh, rejuvenate your career and feel you like not like rejuvenate my career like make me again but like make you feel more like like god, I'm still creative, you know, because I've yeah. I like I lost a lot of it with
1: mm-hmm. the
0: pandemic. So yeah, so they have been really guiding my 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 process through this. Right now it's just blue stories like the one I told you. the rest thing that might be something that might be in there. You know, and then, you know, the escape story. But the true one was it's just my grandma. You oh, know, your right? grandma. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, in yeah. And
1: there it was your mom that told you, can okay. you act? Can you act? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and the Sim, the Sinbad bit had me laughing. Yes. <laughs> like, he's like yeah. I picked Sinbad out of anyone. I picked sin The only guy yeah. I remember. Yeah, that yeah. Movie. Yeah, <laughs> I,
0: yeah I a movie before. Yeah, yeah. So that's something I might do. Like, I'm thinking about, like, um, I was so into movies as a kid. Like, it, it just makes sense to kind of, like, you know, Not the scenes, but like maybe the posters and be like, Mm -hmm. this is where I saw this and this is what happened at that moment. And I thought about this movie and, you know, because it was a lot of like, like movie themes and references that I was creating and, you know.
1: Right. Yeah. From growing up.
0: Yeah, yeah. Wow. Like, I see, like, like, anybody in a dangerous situation, they'll get, like, extra goofy and hilarious, and then everybody will start laughing and, like, laughing with their guns, and I just picture people. And people would do that if I started being goofy. People like, be like, am ah, ah, ah. like, yeah, it works like in the movies. They're goofy yeah, they're fucking stupid. They, think they're, they think they got you, but you actually got them right now. <laughs> you
1: yeah. know, I, I'm curious about something, because I don't know how old this is, but one of your TikToks, I think you got invited to do a show in was it Houston or Austin, Texas? Yeah, I, got I don't know how old that was.
0: A month ago, a month ago exactly. Like-
1: oh, okay, so not long ago. Yeah, but I I saw the comments and people were like, "Don't, don't go cuz I'm in Texas right now. I'm in oh, El Paso, really? in El Paso, Texas, yeah. So I'm like border town to Mexico. Yeah, and Texas is not
0: <laughs> Texas
1: is not the best when it comes I had, to I had
0: a great time Austin, Austin, Yeah. Austin. Yeah. But I, again, it's one of those things with those privileges. You know what I mean? Like somebody <laughs> like you is somebody that they'll stop in a moment, but you know, for me, they'll stop for other reasons.
1: Yeah, no, like. I know. But I, but I know that Austin is like different than most Texas. I think. Um, yeah. Well, here, like for instance, here it's not so bad because there's a lot of there's a it's a huge Mexican American community. Yeah. <clears throat> there's also like you know Hispanics from just several other places, Central South America. So it's like pretty. I don't. I don't think we have a huge white population here. Like it's yeah. I don't think so. We have we have like we have like small areas, you know, where you find a lot of them. Uh, but but it's predominantly Hispanic. And so, yeah. but if you go further up, like Dallas and other places, there's it's yeah. a little it's a little trickier. It's
0: <laughs> yeah. no Austin. I was I was I was very um, I was surprised at how many like. Latinx people I saw everywhere. And also it was a very um it was kinda like a cult. it was very it was a shock because like um I grew up like in New York City, like I said, and I guess, you know, I knew my family was undocumented, I knew other undocumented people, but it wasn't like that talked about or it wasn't even really like brought up. I were mm-hmm. working on the papers and we knew about things. <laughs> but like when I went down to like Texas, it kinda of felt like an open secret kind of thing. Like like it was a lot more like there's more of more undocumented people there. Like, yeah. You can, probably California might be the second most. So, you know, it's more in your face and it's just like so, I guess what was great about doing the jokes there as opposed to like in New York City was that so many people there like like I talked about it and they were like, "Oh, he's talking about it. Oh, he's talking about it." And then they got to laugh and they like, "Oh, he's talking about it." Like, "Yeah, whatever." Like It's not a you know big know deal. I mean? like, yeah. <laughs> it's not deal. That's one of the things that 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 really spoke to me was how much the kids were like, first of all, we're shocked that you're talking about it. And secondly, that you're doing it like in a way where you're joking about it, that it made me laugh, that it made me realize I don't always have to be so serious. About mm-hmm. this. You know? And my philosophy has always been like, yeah, white people are goofy. Like white people are very fucking goofy. They think they're smart. They're not this whole like uh, white supremacy and th- the way they try to lie. to you, I'm like, you guys are being goofy. It is bad lying. And it's just goofy. You <laughs> know? So I guess like just showing the kids that like, you can like, yeah, you can tell white people that they're being fucking goofy to their face and tell them why with a smile. Yeah, <laughs> you
1: know? And yeah. I know. And then, and they won't know how to act because you have a smile have. on your face.
0: Yeah. You know how many times white dudes have come up to me after literally I've talked about white people and this bullshit, and they're like, "Man, you are funny, but you gotta stop with that white shit. You gotta stop hitting white people so hard." And I never know how to respond to that. I'm just like. Man, yeah. I wish I wish I wish I could tell you right now I had a witty comeback. Like, you shut up, Cracker. You know, but no. I'm always <laughs> like, I'm always like hey, man, listen. I don't. I don't. I don't want to start any trouble with you. You didn't like what I had to say. You did like it, but you're like, I liked it, but come on, why so much? Why you can
1: do, do better. Yeah.
0: I'm like, no, I'm doing exactly what I want. Like, this isn't for you. Yeah. It took me a while to make to realize this isn't for you.
1: To be comfortable with the fact that yeah, like that's own it. You know.
0: And it's uh, yeah. it's also like also insulting because like. This is my experience. You know, that's, that's what I always forget, that um, white people get to talk about their experience. You know, Woody Allen did a whole career about being neurotic and being afraid of everything and hating anybody. And, you know, and he's like, oh, my God, he's a genius. Look at him. He's always neurotic and weird. And I'm like, man, you're fucking beautiful. What the fuck are you guys talking about? <laughs> yeah. like, they forget, like, they forget the part. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, for me to be like, yeah, I'm undocumented. I grew up undocumented. They're like, why are you talking about this? I'm like, this is my fucking experience. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. talking about this? You're in your goddamn mind. Literally, is all I've lived in 28 years. Mm-hmm. Wake up undocumented, go to sleep undocumented, Scare the next day, and my parents are mad at me about this undocumented shit and that undocumented shit. Talk about it. Oh, I got to talk about taking Uber? I don't give a shit about Uber. I really don't care about Uber. <laughs> I'm not with Uber. I know.
1: And you know what? I do find that I think what they hate the most is anything that makes them uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, 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 no. And that's why they, dis- they discard people's stories. They discard your experience and that's why they refuse some, some, you know, or most of them, I should say, Um, they, they, yeah, most of them, if we're going to be honest, they, yeah, it's most of them. That's why change doesn't really happen, because it's like having to face something that's uncomfortable. And then it's like, well, my experience has been uncomfortable. My experience has been painful. You know, I'm not going to shut up just because it makes you what does it do to you other than discomfort? It doesn't do anything else. I'm the one that's living it. I'm the one that's doing it. So, yeah, it makes them very uncomfortable and they don't like it.
0: it it's also like, you know, I'm not trying to like excuse white people. I'm just doing a lot of like like um reading about like, you know, putting yourself in other people's shoes. And, you know, mm-hmm. We have lived the same exact experience where we were white and the system was created for us. And our ancestors literally slaughtered all these people of color and they stood on top of their you know graves and hit the flag yeah. and we might we might feel a little pride over that We're like yo we conquered every fucking nation so you got to be like yo they're on some serious fucking cycle trip yeah it is actually you know backed up by no it's not backed up by like science but it's backed up by their fucking books and their fucking
1: their I history like, their narrative
0: their narrative they're backing up that narrative hard and strong like mm-hmm. i a simple Brown boy from DR is not going to change some military man's mind that Trump is the next messiah. Fuck that. I don't want that job. Yeah. So I I shifted my comedy to be like Latinx people. Yo, the first time I did a joke about being undocumented was actually in, it wasn't the first time, but this was a very weird first time. I did it in Spanish for the first time, I should say, in New York City. And everybody there was, you know, Puerto Rican, Honduran, Venezuelan. And I went, Sabe, yo me I said, yeah. do you know what undocumented is? And everybody went, yeah. Like, just almost like, what are you, why are you asking us that? And I was like, I'm so sorry. Does everybody in this room know exactly what I'm about to talk about right now? That is fucking amazing. Because I've had to like, <laughs> to white people and these weird ass. Oh, well, you know, it's like not having papers. But sometimes you do and sometimes you don't, and, you know, and it's, it, these, it was only 12 people. It was not a big crowd. These 12 people... <laughs> laughed very hard because it was just it was a connection that I had mm-hmm. not made with people ever in my thirteen years. And that's when yeah. it was like very like, oh this art this thing I've been doing, I've just been doing it for the wrong people. That's all it's been. It's been for the wrong people.
1: Yeah. Because exactly. I, I, didn't,
0: I didn't think I was I was in any kind of place where, you know, like I say, all you see is the Line next person was like, Como tu estas make it think that with my style of, you know, this is my pain, this is the system that I could make it or find an
1: audience. Yeah. You know, when, when, um, I have a really, really good friend of mine, a close friend of mine, she's undocumented and she was actually detained in, by ice not long ago, which miracle of God, she's out, she's with her family and I think everything's going to be okay. But she found out that I was going to be talking with you and she's like, who's Cause I posted one of your videos on my Facebook, which is where I have more of like my close friends and stuff. And, um, and she's like, who's that? And I said, oh my gosh, I'm going to talk to him next week, right? And then she's like, well, who is he? And then I sent her more of your stuff and, and she was like, I got to listen to that. And I think it's because she's like relating to someone's story, oh. you know what I mean? And so it's just, yeah, she's, yeah. she's like, I got to listen to that, you know? And I think it's like, even for us as Latinx, Hispanics, however it is that you want to, you know, that you identify. We are so, through laughter, we release so much. Uh And so to see someone like yourself, because even with like the stereotypical comedians, it was still fun because it's like, oh, somebody that looks like me is up there. But yeah, they're selling the stereotype, right? And sometimes that stereotype was cruel you know, and it was not okay yeah. and they, and, and I'm sure it was, n- they didn't feel great at times too, having to play that as well, right? Yeah. But to have someone like you so real, look like so many of us with very similar stories, create your, your own like path, your own journey, your own narrative of like my story, my experience, and I'm not gonna give into the stereotype, that's really amazing. And I wish thank, you thank, thank. like I, I mean, want
0: to. I I want to cry.
1: I know. I want to <laughs> cry because this is what I was telling you. Like I just, I it just fills me with joy and so much pride. You know that I can. I don't know that I can connect with people that look like me. That I can cheer you on in every way that I can. You know, and that others that are in my little group get to hear you get to know about you and others like you and then they're going to now like cheer you on like i don't know it's just it's just me being like i don't know i don't know how else to say cuz i'm going to cry <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. i'm like I'm be male be i you know
1: but i got feelings too
0: yeah, yeah i got feelings too <laughs> so it, is, it's, and by the way, it just touched it touched me so much that you're like you know i told my friend about it was like wait there's a guy that does what you know what i mean like it was like yeah and when i see other people like you know that i'm finding other undocumented like people like talk about it and, and do it i'm just like, i'm gonna follow you i'm gonna follow you i'm gonna follow you follow you there's strength in numbers i'm here for you whatever you need you know so that's how i feel about them you know and yeah, it's it, it's definitely a very different. That's why like this one person show, like I'm taking it so seriously. Yeah, like I'm reading about other shows, I'm watching one person shows like a maniac because I don't want to let my people down on this. You know, like I want them come out, have a good time, and see themselves in a in a like yeah that's that's a survival If he can do that like i can do i can do anything
1: and it will be it will be successful because like i can see how passionate you are just you're just very like hyped up anyway like i can feel your energy you know what i mean and so if this is something that you love to do it's gonna it's gonna be amazing it's gonna be super cool and i wish that if it does get on broadway maybe 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 i can go see it in person that would be so cool
0: are you kidding me i'm you're definitely gonna get tickets and yes like right there box like three four tickets for what julie renton that's how you say it yeah right
1: there yeah
0: for four tickets there for that.
1: oh that <laughs> would be so cool right. seriously oh, wait, we need,
0: well, you have five kids so you need huh we need like seven yeah plus, yeah, like, seven. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah seven yeah, yeah. i know
0: julie renton plus seven
1: i know and it's like it's full it's full because <laughs> the renton family's here
0: <laughs> yo we got black like the first row bro they're all here
1: Don't ask. Don't ask why. I just, I just promised I I would. You know, it's really funny because um, a lot of people don't even think that I have five kids. Like they don't believe that I have five kids. And I'm like, I do. Trust me. I, I have five kids. Like, again, I raised them all like at home. I stayed at home the whole time. Um, And I homeschool them too. And the reason why I homeschool them is because I was done. I was done with the school. And not, and it's not the teacher's fault because they've had amazing teachers. Like the older ones did get to go to school for a little bit, and they were all amazing. But I was like, no, they're not gonna, they're not gonna steal their identity. Like they're not gonna, you know. I was, I was done with like the stuff that that was being taught to them. The stuff that, that it wasn't true. You know, history was being erased, and it's like they're home with me now, and. And they're good kids, which I'm cool. super, super, super grateful for. they
0: yeah. My yeah. girl is kind of funny like that. Like whenever like they'll teach the kids like something about like Thanksgiving, like they'll go out and get books like kids' book about like you know like indigenous people's massacre. You know you gotta learn. You gotta learn both sides, man. They're gonna teach you that white bullshit. <laughs> so we're teaching our, our kids about like you know the other the other history.
1: Like how it happened, how it would really happen, and then you know. Yeah. So that's that's I homeschool the kids and uh and now I'm doing this. I haven't been doing that for a long time. I think I've I've had it for like a couple of months. Uh right. but I've been yeah, the podcast. But I have been I'm so grateful because nobody's turned me down so far. Which I'm like you know, <laughs>
0: Actually, this is so much easier. You you understand, like, I mean, I'm talking about like maybe the old days four years ago when I used to do a podcast. If you had a podcast like this, you were called stupid. Like people were like, no, we want face to face. So doing a podcast was exhausting. Drive to, I drove to every guest house, mm-hmm. brought my equipment so I could record with them. And then to, to do all that and get like twenty downloads, you're like, wow, that was a lot of work. I
1: know, yeah. I'm tired. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs>
0: But this is fantastic. This is why, like, you can, that's why you know you can do people all over the world. And I, yeah, yeah.
1: I, yeah, I had I had a girl on last week, and she is in New Zealand, and so amazing. she was on here. And but the amazing thing about this is that I only bring on people that I like, that I am inspired by, or that I want to get to know more. So like, this is my space. Nobody gets on here unless I'm like, yeah, you get a green pass because you seem like a cool person. <laughs>
0: I, I love it. this is like a cool, process. I've never been, wow, well, it's pretty cool. <laughs>
1: it's still pretty cool. We're right here. Oh, man. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I took like a whole hour, hour of your time. I'm sorry, but thank you for doing this. Really, really excited to like connect with you. And, and I'm following you, and I'm cheering for you, and I'm sharing your stuff, and I just like wish you nothing but the best.
0: Thank you so much. And I'll, I'll definitely keep you updated on the, on the one-man show and see where it ends up.
1: All right. Sounds like a plan. Thank you all for tuning in today. We look forward to you joining us again next time. But until then, as always, be love and be safe.